Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. Welcome everyone to another wonderful episode of the Soulful Sound Podcast. I am joined by the beautiful Chris Assad, who is a multi-talented artist, singer-songwriter, wordsmith, and speaker. His creations are pure alchemy that open the heart and inspire, returning us to a connection with our wholeness and oneness with all that is. Mm, I could read that a few more times. So much beauty in that. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, so wonderful to to have you. Yeah. So I was really loving that when I was looking at your work, how many parallels we have and the fact that you work a lot with the voice as well. So I would Mm -hmm. love to know kind of like the starting of that journey, what led Mm -hmm. you into the work that you're doing now. And I know there are many facets of it, but you can share as much as you like about your story into using the voice. Mm, okay, that's a that's a fun question. Well, I guess it would it would have to begin with just my own journey with my voice that I've been on for about 20 years now. Mm. Started singing about 20 years ago in third year university, just for fun, you know, just picked up the guitar and wanted to start exploring music making for the first time in my life. And so that was really the beginning of my journey with my own voice. And And for the first, you know, decade of that, journey uh, into creativity, into musical expression. I was also very much exploring personal development, spirituality, transformation, and and really became like obsessed with, you know, reading self-help books and Mm -hmm. connecting with different sort of spiritual teachers who resonated and expanding my view of what life is really all about and what we really are beyond sort of the mind and the just the limited awareness that I had up until that point. And so about 10 years ago, I my passion for music and following my own creativity and and creative path led me to an opportunity to start coaching and mentoring others in that same, in that same sort of exploration as a coach, as a mentor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was doing that more so in a conversational coaching kind of way, but always searching for ways to go deeper with people. Uh, And it wasn't until a few years ago, I guess, just before all the madness that ensued in the world over the last few years sort of really hit a few close friends and clients in a very short order of time started asking me specifically for help with the voice saying like, you know, I really want to like explore my voice and I feel like you would be like a really good person to help. Like, can you help me with that? Um, And so I was like, sure, let's, let's try, you know, let me, and and I, and I, I should say I'd done some voice coaching before that, like singing lessons, given singing lessons. And I really didn't enjoy that way of supporting people. Yeah. It's very technical focused. And I've had amazing singing teachers in my life. And I just thought, you know what? They're so much better at that. I don't really want to do that. So that's not how I was really approaching it. And I just started experimenting with, you know, certain exercises, like little voice uh, explorations with people and then also just conversationally but conversationally intuitively 
sort of navigating with people to see like where, you know, where have you had negative experiences around the use of your voice? Or maybe is there any sort of history that's still kind of with you? And so over the course of several different interactions with few people in my life, there started to become this very clearly emerging path that I could take people through this like journey. And then this like opening of the voice would happen. So sort of that was sort of the beginning. And now it's become really like a modality that I feel I I was gifted that was sort of given to me intuitively and just through the gift of showing up to serve these people, um, these friends, these clients. And and so now it's become more of a, a body of work that I've just continue discovering through working and interfacing with people one-on-one and in groups that involves just a deeper understanding of what the voice really is mm-hmm. from a, a, you know, sort of metaphysical, but also physiological standpoint. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's as much scientific as it is spiritual and sort of really honing in on, on certain key concepts to really give people to activate a deeper understanding about what is really available through the use Mm. of the voice. Mm. That is so beautiful. I love that. So many nuggets I can pull from Mm. that. Um, One thing that stands out from the, from the first part of the the story is I always love when these things happen, when you start to get so aligned as you use that intuitive approach, right? How everything on the outside started to line up with that. People started to ask you, for what you didn't know yet you would be serving or how yeah. you'd be serving. But it's like the soul knows. My mom, I grew up with a saying from my mom, I think from as young as 10, the soul knows and the rest of you needs to catch up. Wow. Do you feel called to use your voice and sound in a healing capacity? Learn how to use your voice therapeutically to facilitate healing and well-being. Whether you want to go deeper in your own healing journey or facilitate others in theirs, This training is for you. This online training runs over five weekends and offers theory, practice, resources, and support on your path to becoming a qualified sound healer and for your personal healing journey. Wow, I love that. And it's so true. And I see that over and over, especially with people who are somewhat aligned or intuitive, and then it comes into fruition. You're like, oh, and I've noticed that for myself too, in teaching singing when I thought it's not quite the way I used to do it, isn't not what I want anymore. As soon as I started to make those shifts, started to attract a whole different type of clientele. So I love and mm. recognize that that shift so beautifully. And I just wanted to just read a quote that I that I pulled from your website because you kind of spoke sure. about this and I'd love to go a bit deeper. Sure. And that is the voice is one of the most powerful healing tools we have to express. So rather we have, it is our divine instrument to express, to communicate and speak our truth mm-hmm. and a channel through which we can receive higher guidance and inspiration. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. So yes, talk to me more about voice alchemy. What is that? Uh, Voice alchemy is sort of the name that, you know, just sort of landed in terms of this essence of what it is that I'm doing with people and leading people into discovering. And, you know, the alchemy really starts with the unblocking of the channel. So, so much of that stuff that we've kind of acquired through our early childhood experiences and conditioning in this human experience lives in the body as energy, lives in the body as stuck energy a lot of the times. And so in order to free the voice and clear the channel, 
that density, that stuckness needs to be transmuted and cleared out. And, yes. you know, what, what usually is sort of a, an aha or, or like a light bulb moment for people is that it's through the use of the voice that you actually can do that. It's yeah. the very way that that stuff potentially got stuck. Like you went and expressed or you communicated something in a particularly risky or courageous way. You didn't get the response that you wanted. And then you took on some internalization of, oh, no, that's bad. Don't do that. And that imprint lives as energy in the body and in the creative channel. And so and not only, you know, with respect to the voice, but just anything that we've held in our body, stored yeah. emotions, trauma, we can use the voice, which really is just vibration, right? Mm. When we're using our voice and we're allowing it to resonate in our physical body, we're pretty much giving ourselves vibrational medicine in yes. the same way you could like, you know, bang a tuning fork and put it on the body and that vibration or sound healing, crystal yes. bowls, that kind of stuff. But the difference with the voice and what's so powerful about it is that we feel it within our own body. We can direct it with such accuracy mm -hmm. to those specific areas that are needed. And so essentially what it is that I've discovered is possible through this use of the voice is that we can literally break up that density, transmute it, and then that energy becomes available for something else. Yes. Uh, and or just clears away and makes space for more of who we really are and more of that divine essence to flow through our vessel and throw uh, flow into our expression and our communication. Yeah, that is that is it. And I, I really mm -hmm. resonate with that a lot, obviously. Well, not obviously, but a lot of the work I do is as sound as a sound healer or mm. a trainer in sound healing specifically is around the voice. And I like mm. that you speak about it as vibration and energy, because sometimes we forget that, you know, we all yeah. have access to it in some way, shape or form. And it's just such an it's such an interesting tool to yeah. be able to work with, you know, yeah. and I and I think that in my case, I was quite fortunate because I from a young child, I would say that I and I talk about this story quite a lot in my work that I was afraid of confrontation for some time. So speaking mm. up in confrontational moments, I found that really hard. But on the other side, I had the most supportive family in my music. So I was constantly singing music was my medicine. Wow. So there was a counteraction happening throughout my whole life around where, wow. when to use my voice, how to use my voice, self-healing that I wasn't aware of until I pulled it all apart with the conscious mind and the energy and the knowing and the reading and all the things that you mentioned. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad that I had access to and developed a relationship from that young with my voice. Yes. That allowed me to notice those things. Not always did it remove the stuckness and the stuck energy, but I was aware um, intuitively and very often unconsciously of this shift that was going on. Um, and mm. it's such a beautiful thing. We have all have access to it. Yeah. 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 And I think regardless of your origin story and the environment that you were raised in, yes, you know, there's a range of potential experiences, but on some level, we all get shaped by those experiences. And it's it's our the opportunity is then there for us later in life or whenever the whenever the time is right yes. to reclaim those ways of expressing that weren't necessarily supported or encouraged so exactly. that we have access to the full range and authenticity of who we really are and how we want to express and taking up space and really allowing ourselves to be heard. And so many people I, I see are coming into this like it feels collectively like there's an over like a collective remembering of the power of the voice and the 
that reclamation seems to be sweeping mm. across our collective in a very big way at the moment. So it's really yeah. cool to to see that, to be a part of that, and to also be on that journey uh, myself. Yes. And with that, I'm curious as to how you're witnessing that on the global level rather than your own work, because, of course, you're, yeah. you're going to be seeing that in your own channel. Yeah. And I'm just curious as to what's what's the information for you or what is the essence of that coming through on a global level that we're waking up and reclaiming that power of the voice? I just well, for one thing, I think it's become we're, we're in a we're living in a time where the impact of how we communicate with one another is so amplified yes. and we see that on social media we see how there's a lot of you know where where you know and you were talking about confrontation where conflict arises th that that potential is really amplified yes so in a way that's like the shadow side of what hasn't really been fully owned or where the where that isn't in full like alignment with what's actually for the highest good is mm. really on display yes and at the same time I just have, I find myself seeing a lot of, you know, people speaking about their need to reconnect to their voice or people wanting to go down that path. And I'm just, I'm just seeing this work showing up in more places, you know, more and more people offering this support to people that want to, you know, activate their voice or clear their creative channel or, or liberate the voice, I should say. It just seems to be on the up on the up and up and and I'm I'm finding it you know it could be that thing where I'm more attuned to it so I'm seeing it more but it certainly does occur as something that's on the rise yeah. and it makes sense it makes yes. sense because it it is we're 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 at a, we're living in a time where health and well-being are also at the forefront mm -hmm. where there's this real desire for people to connect to their own access to yes. the potential for healing to you know, divinity and spirituality, like really taking ownership of that, like finding our own medicine, really, in the in the words of a friend of mine, and, and you know, somebody that I know that teaches this concept of owning your own medicine. Mm -hmm. Love it. I think that's really what has catalyzed and really driven a lot of people to f go on that exploration and, and discover this thing that is there, yeah. that we all have access to that perhaps has been dormant, or that we didn't get initiated into. Mm. So that's how yes. that's how I see it. Yes, I love that. I often find that, I mean, it's certainly my school of thought anyway, that often there are a lot of things, as we know, that are two sides of the same coin. Mm. So when you say shadow, I for yeah. me, there, there's light. And often when shadow presents itself, light presents itself. And it yeah. doesn't always seem to be happening at the same time or you can't you don't always notice it so the same if there's a problem on the other side of that there's a solution right so yeah. for me there is though those are the things that are really interesting so I like that you went there first because I would have gone I would have thought well yeah globally we're seeing the opportunities like you said with social media of people having a platform to say whatever they want in a yeah. way that certainly our generation we didn't have access to that as as teenagers and and i mean i think so anyway i'm not sure how old you are but yeah. based on close. the 20 years ago close enough yeah, yeah. you know social media was just about coming in i mean we didn't yeah. have what my my children as teenagers have now access to all of this so I think there is, there is, it's very clear that we're seeing there's so much of the shadow. Um, we're also seeing a lot of um, uh, expression because of that as well, whether it's yeah. 
you know, healthy expression or not, a lot yeah. more expression. And then being able to come into the healthy part and re recognizing, as you said, where's the medicine in all of this and how can we use it? I just think that is so crucial mm. right now. And I and I do sense as well that that sound as medicine is really going to yeah. be at the forefront in, you know, in a few years from now, we'll be looking at it in a very different way. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for that to happen. I'm really excited mm -hmm. for it to happen. So would you say, because you mentioned um, conditioning and origin story and things like that, what would you say rather is some of the most common things that maybe you've mm. come across of the obstacles that people have that stop them from really connecting with that voice, their authentic sound? Yeah, it's there's a few things that I that I tend to see a lot, which are in someone's home or culture of origin or society of origin, there's usually certain expressions that are not entirely encouraged. If you think about like even British culture, for example, yeah. very polite, you know, a little bit more reserved. So somebody who's who who had that experience in their in their childhood yeah. might have a harder time being loud. So there literally could be a ceiling on the volume that they allow themselves to access in their expression. But that can also co correspond to a ceiling or a limitation on how much space they can take up in yes. a room energetically. So there's this sort of like contraction that un unintentionally unconsciously happens as a way of survival, as a way of fitting in or as a way of, you know, not upsetting our parents or whoever our caretakers were who yes. said, don't do that. Don't be too loud. Children are better seen and rather than heard kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. That's one example where some range of you know and, and in some cultures it's like you know joy is encouraged and sadness is not or you know another example is like you know boys don't cry like anything that wasn't supported any particular expression that wasn't supported yes in your upbringing in your childhood in your classroom yeah. or your household that's often a really first place to look okay how am i then relating to that particular expression now and yes. usually when somebody is stifled in a particular expression there's a direct connection yeah. to that yeah so that's one um and then i guess sort of like in in connection to what i just said there is this just this concept of taking up space like allowing ourselves to be seen and heard which to me, that's sort of less a function of like the frequency of the expression and more the size of the expression. Yeah. And so, you know, all those little imprints of what is and isn't supported and what is and isn't encouraged kind of amount to this like contracting in. Whereas we kind of start, if you think about like a kid in their earliest expressions, they're free, you know, they just make yeah. noise and they don't care. And that's like, exactly. you know, that would be this, right? And then we kind of develop this. And so to reclaim this, people have to be given a space where that permission is really is really like active, like there's full permission. And so I essentially template that for the people that I work with. I create that space Beautiful. so that they can access that for themselves, because ultimately we all have to give that permission to ourselves. No one can of course. give it to us. Exactly. Yes. Right? And on yeah. some level, even though it was maybe externally not given when we were younger, the decision to no longer express that is still an internal decision, mm. albeit one that need to be made for survival as a young person. But that yeah. was our giving our permission away, right? Yeah. So the healing happens when we go, oh, I gave that permission away because I needed to then. Mm -hmm. Now I don't need to do that anymore. I'm going to give the permission back and reclaim the freedom to 
you know, be louder or express joy or express sadness or cry or whatever it is. Express anything. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That that is awesome. I love I love the way you've described that. I mean, I'm really enjoying this conversation because I really resonate with most, mm. if not all, of what you're saying. But of course, you're using different words that I would use, and it's cool. just lighting me up. I'm just like, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. You know, it's just amazing. Wordgasm right now. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. I love that. And it's it amazing. is so cool to just like talk to other people that are exploring this from their own perspective. Sure. And realizing yeah. like I'm not making any of this up. I'm discovering it through the exploration with people that I get to work with and through my own exploration and then giving it language in the best way that I can. Exactly, exactly, which is awesome. And I talk a lot about when you're talking about children and that freedom to express and being wide, but also you know, I and I and I would say I was guilty of this, maybe with child number one, I'm sorry, but learned as we got as we got a little bit older that, you know, often when children are throwing tantrums, yeah. again, from the society perspective, stop it, be quiet, what's yeah. acceptable in public, what's not, and even in private, for some people, it's uncomfortable. When ultimately children throwing themselves on the ground and crying and wailing is often them trying to ground themselves. Yeah. They themselves have this innate understanding of sound medicine and body movement to get Mm -hmm. themselves to ground and we forget this like you said it's like this conditioning so i think it's so it's so important to remember what we had access to at the beginning when the conditioning was very very little at least and then as it grew what we can then do and how we can then work with that i think it's it's really important i wholeheartedly agree i think that is so much of the work and the journey that you know we're on yeah. yeah, absolutely. Remembering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I know that I think it was somewhere on your website that I saw that you talked, you spoke about falling in love with your voice. Yes. And I think that's a really beautiful expression. So for anyone listening who resonates so far and they're like, yeah, that's me. I just could really do with some falling in love with my voice because <laughs> all this time is this or the conditioning or I relate, I relate. What are some of the first steps you think for someone, you know, that you can advise someone to do on their own just to say, this is how you're going to begin their, that relationship? Yeah. Wonderful question. Thank you. Use your voice. Uh, really just use your voice. And, and the simplest way to do that, and this is what I teach is just, you know, eyes closed, just do a little scan of the body, see what's kind of present in the body. It's it's really good to do if you have an, some sort of trigger active, for example, if you have some emotional energy that's really present. <clears throat> and then just on the exhale, just sound out from that place in the body and just let that energy move. And also, you know, most falling in love with your voice it means a couple of things to me. Number one, it's falling in love and this is a hard one for a lot of people initially with the actual tone of your voice, because each voice is completely unique. Exactly. There are no two voices alike. So it's literally like the, you know, the fingerprint of your uniqueness, your your essence in the form of a sound, yes. a particular frequency that's your sonic fingerprint. Yes. So to have any judgment of that is, is it is also learned its conditioning, right? It's like preemptively judging our voice out of fear that it's going to be judged by the external. So if we were actually in right relationship with our voice, we would we would just love it. The say and this the the perfect analogy for that is the body. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we're all on a journey of having a loving relationship with our bodies. And a lot of times we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. We don't like the way we look or but that's a distortion. How can yeah. we have anything other than a loving relationship with 
the unique creation and the unique instrument and the unique vessel that we were given. Yes. So that's number one. But but the easier way to fall in your love, fall in love with your voice is to use it and see what it actually can do for you. To yes. realize that when you use your voice for you, not for anyone else, you know, yes. forgetting about the external, but just directing that sound internally and just playing with how your voice can be medicine for you, something synaptically connects that yes. makes it, you know, almost impossible not to have a loving relationship because you start to realize, oh my goodness, this thing that I've been carrying and I've had access to my entire life is a really powerful key to my own healing. Mm-hmm. And when I use it in this way, it's it can really alleviate physical pain, discomfort, stuck energy, emotional backlog, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really the the building block of that loving connection is is really connecting to that healing power of the voice yes. and using it for yourself in that way. Yes, absolutely. And and I often say the same. We have our unique sound print. No one will have the same yeah. as you. That's and right. So I like to also personify it often because I find that sometimes people, when you personify it, I say, well, imagine if your voice was your best friend and there's just unconditional love there. Mm, how exactly. would you, how would you treat your voice? How would you would, you would have the level of trust there. There would be a lot of things that you would build. Right. Um, and, and then you would also then have the relationship of, you know, then your voice is going to show up for you. And, you mm. know, that personification is a really interesting one um, piece that I find people go, ah, you know, yeah. Yes. And that means I also need to take care of it because, yes. you know, I, I want it to show up. So there's another step there. So yeah. I do I do relate. And I love the, the the use of the word, the the loving intention and relationship, because that is a very key component. Obviously, you've used the words falling in love anyway. But yeah. there is this element of really coming to grips with self-love. And and in a way, I guess that's also the sonic print of that, right? The sonic print of of self love when you're in that place of acceptance mm-hmm. and love for yourself, your body, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I think the last thing that I would say to just expand on that particular piece is it's also about loving all the expressions, yes. right? So loving the expression of anger, loving the like like creating a loving space where those different expressions and energies can be allowed and accepted as long as they're being communicated in a way that's not causing any harm right to anybody else but also not to have to suppress them or to hide them away so it's like falling in love with the full range of expression full spectrum yeah yeah that's right that's right yeah that's beautiful yes and i think for me anger is an interesting one because i or rather I'll go to rage rather than anger, which I feel is a little different. I have, I could probably say that I've experienced in my body, maybe a handful of moments or at least memories of rage, not, not more than that in my lifetime, actually, Mm. which is very interesting. Um, And I didn't know how to sound it out. Anger for me feels a bit less that rage feels like a bit more of an amplified anger that does something in the body. And I didn't know how to express it. Um, So that was an interesting one for me to kind of reverse engineer and go, huh, well, if you did know now, what would it sound like? Yeah. You know, giving myself permission to explore something even out of the context of when I might have felt those those few moments in my life. And I'm very grateful to say that I know that it's not the the case for a lot of people, but I'm very grateful to go, Okay, I notice there's been a few moments how can I express that and honor that so that if it shows up again, I'm able to have that relationship with it. And like you said, 
not judge it. Just let the whole spectrum of sound release in the way it wants to. Yeah, and actually transmute that energy in a in a constructive way so that it doesn't do damage, which is which yeah. kind of goes back to the conversation about collectively. Yes. People need an outlet for their rage. People need to yes. know how to process and alchemize their rage so that it doesn't yes. come out sideways, so that it doesn't get, you know, weaponized or projected upon somebody else or in, you know, infused into a confrontation that's going to escalate and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So all those expressions, all these energies, we have the capacity to process and transmute them. Yeah. And the voice is one of the powerful ways that we can do that. Yeah, indeed. I love yeah. that. And I know that you have you are also a singer, songwriter, and wordsmith. <laughs> and I'd love to know about your journey in, in that side of things. And and I'll just frame it first and then I'll open it a little bit after. Sure. And the frame is that as a performer myself and very much in the contemporary world, I used to do backing vocals, work with choirs, do all sorts of different things, teach in university. I remember the moments when, as you said, some of it was very technical or things like that. But even in my own performance, there was, while there was definitely self-connection and expression in my voice, when I went into sound for healing mm-hmm. and sound, you know, sounding rather than singing, mm-hmm. there was a really interesting unfolding for me in understanding sound so that now performing is a very different experience. Yeah. So I really wonder for you, because you still perform, let's use that word in terms yeah. of you're an artist, you go out there and perform your songs. Tell me about that particular shift for you if there was one and talk a little bit about that yeah that's an interesting thing to just sort of tune into because i guess it's been sort of an organic unfolding Mm. i think my music making has always been therapeutic in its intention sure uh and i think the degree to which expressing as an artist is sort of expected to have a performative aspect never really was a natural fit for me, even though I should say like, you know, I I do like to entertain. I, I, you know, I I liked getting, I liked getting on stage as a kid and play, you know, participating in plays and drama. So I do have that in me, but to the degree that it, it becomes some sort of contrived or forced expression, I never really felt comfortable in that. And I think, my journey as an artist has been about really shedding all the ways that the collective expectation of what it means to be an artist and what it looks like to be an artist sort of found their way into my artistry, into my expression, mm. which init- which initially arose out of something very pure, which is just like this desire to be in that state that I get into when I'm when I'm creatively receiving inspiration and melodies coming through and I'm singing which is not much different than being in a meditative state or any kind of flow state, whatever the activity is. For me, music was one of those things that initially I I started to access this state in meditation. And then I started to really see that there was a connection between that and what I experienced when I was playing music. So I'd say more and more, you know, I, I don't really resonate as much with the term performing. I consider it more of an offering. And yes, it, it's, it. it's, it's a lot more about, you know, the more I really embrace and connect deeply to the intention of like, I want to be used as an instrument. Mm-hmm. I want whatever it is that I'm doing to be, you know, for my highest good, but also in service to the people yes. that I'm sharing it with. Mm-hmm. And it's really about allowing something to just move through as purely as possible and yeah, it's still it's still an exploration. It's interesting because lately what I've been doing, I've been 
just for my own just joy and fulfillment, making sound without without words, uh, which is a big part of the practice that I teach. And, but that's in a very like therapeutic kind of way where it's like, okay, yes. we're going to use this way of sounding to release stuck energy, but I'm doing it in a more musical way. So I guess it's more akin to like chanting or sounding. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, just changing the frame or the container can like allow us to toggle different switches in our own yes. expressing. But for me, it always just comes back to this idea that music is medicine. Music is, you know, this, this extremely powerful healing connective force. And even in the most commercial expressions of music, that is still, that essence is still retained. Um, but I think taking that and being intentional about it, Yes. allows the person creating the music and the people receiving that music to engage in that medicinal aspect, that connective aspect at a whole other level. And the more the more I continue being on this journey, the more that's what I just find myself being oriented towards and gravitating yes. towards. It's like, I, I don't just want to create music for the fun of it, or you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not even so much for the fun of it, but it's like, it's serving me at a deeper level. It's, it's actually yeah. a spiritual practice. It's, 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 there's a devotional aspect to it. And, you know, that I think by necessity changes the way it has the opportunity to be experienced by others. And mm. I'm careful to say, like, I don't necessarily always go into it with the intention of like, this is what I'm going to create so that these people can experience it that way. Because that can that can then just kind of be another very very sneaky version of that contrived thing yes you know, oh, gosh, i'm yes. going to create healing music i'm going to allow the music to be for my own healing and then trust that that's likely what? going to support healing in others that's a lovely lovely nuance i love that yeah taking me a it's, long time to get that one <laughs> yeah but it's like i i guess when i think about some of the words um and i can't remember who i heard this from but i do use it in my work now so credit to whoever it was um but it for me it's it's like being the thermostat not the thermometer mm, right and that's such a beautiful thing because really you're just setting the temperature of the room and then people will either feel warm in it either take their you know depending on what they prefer i'm a caribbean woman i love the sun i love the beach i like yeah. 30 degrees and i'm in uh february in london so it's not that um, I feel you. so so all of that to say though you you then feel what you feel but the thermostat sets that and if you're the thermostat then you're not affected by all the things on the outside and you're taking your temperature to test to test it out to go okay yeah this is what i need to feel now because that's what's yeah. going on over there or let's just test my temperature in this corner of the room so it sounds like that's what you're referring to in 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 the grand um, sense of being the thermostat just being that centered grounded channel for all that wants to come through mm. and however it is received you know that it will be received for whoever's highest good and that sometimes might mean that people don't resonate and they feel like they need to walk out of the room which i also embrace <laughs> yeah and yeah. as you were saying that i just got the sense too like another way that i understand it is what is the space that i'm holding for the you know because i think performing or you know leading a, a, a musical experience offering a musical experience you're essentially holding space you're taking people on yes. a journey and so it really is a, just an extension of what is the space that i want to create for myself yeah that i find myself engaging in my craft for 
most frequently. And it is sort of like, yeah, I want to feel things. I want to connect deeper to my yes. essence, to my soul, to my heart. I want to allow things that are no longer serving me to come up and move. So mm. I'm not just engaging in it for this. It, and it can be extremely playful and fun and joyful. I don't, I don't mean to make it sound so serious, but at the same time, there is this real sense in which I'm engaging in this with an intention. Yeah. And so I think simply put, that's what essentially people are going to get when they come to experience me offering music in a particular space that it's intentional. So whatever that means for them is up to them and exactly. whatever they take is and resonate with is, is up to them. But yes. I think that's really the distinction for me that it goes beyond just entertainment. It goes yeah. beyond, yeah. you know, some of the ways in which music has more traditionally uh, or I'd say more recently, more commercially uh, been offered because actually traditionally this is how music was meant to be used and how it was experienced in, in you know, in sitting around in the circle in the village. And, yes. and you know, a lot of the music that influences modern day pop, popular music, jazz, blues, reggae music was very much devotional in nature. Yes. You know, so that's yes. been a big part of my discovery that a lot of the music that I was inspired by and that really resonated with me at a deeper level had that devotional element in it. Bob Marley, yeah. Bill Withers, you yeah. know, those artists were singing about something that was much more redemptive in nature, that was much more about, you know, shedding some sort of burden and coming face to face with the trials of being a human. So yeah. Yeah. that's really it. Yes, that's beautiful. And as you spoke about your experience in creating music that doesn't have words always, I mean, that's mostly my experience. Majority yeah. of my compositions are based around vowels. Cool. And then I throw a few words in when they feel right, because again, I don't I, I might go in with a theme or an idea, yeah. but just like these podcast conversations, I love when they're in the flow and I'm not caught up in this is the question this is the question I know what you're doing I have a sense but yeah. all of this comes out based on what you say or what I say and then we just respond yeah. to each other and I think that's such a such a beautiful thing I, I I love that and I and I have to go on to the music side of things because I looked at your blog and I think it might have been one of your tracks previous tracks called her mm -hmm. but I read the blog piece that you wrote and it was so beautiful I thought, well, I know that you're a wordsmith. I mean, he's, you, that's what it says in your bio, but I believe you. <laughs> it was so beautifully written, but it did speak to me a little bit about the journey into that song. And I would love mm -hmm. you to talk about your creative process in songwriting. How do you develop and move into your, I mean, how do you compose? Mm. I, yeah, I don't remember that blog piece, but I do remember how that song came to be. And I do, you know, I think... If you like, I've studied and just like heard a lot of different songwriters talking about the process. It is sort of like this magical, mystical thing that is very difficult to try and pin down mm. um, in any one particular way. But I think for me, it really does come down to channeling. I, I, like, and I can say that now yes. that versus before, I would have never used that word. But I think, you know, going back to this idea of just like being available for yeah. something to come through and so for me a lot of times what it looks like in the in the, in the in the very technical sense is finding some piece of music you know a few chords on the guitar and more recently on the keys that i can just kind of settle into get lost in and then 
really my instrument playing has always been just a, a way of supporting and accompanying and creating a space for me to explore my voice, which is like my primary instrument. Yes. And so once I have that sort of backdrop, which is kind of like a little bit of a sonic canvas, then it's just like, okay, just allowing a paint to be thrown by my voice and seeing melodically where I end up going by just improvising, flowing and just allowing melodies come through. And then sometimes those melodies kind of come through in the form of words, or sometimes it's like a really clear melody and the words happen more like an intentional, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to expand on this one lyrical line that I got or this one melodic line that I got. Mm. Um, but there's many ways of approaching it. You know, you can come at it from many ways. I think for me, though, there's always an element of I'm in a flow state. There's something There's something that kind of takes me. There's a, there's a way that I've set it myself up to just get out of the way. Mm. And the music starts to move through. You know, it's yeah. like something comes through and I'm as best as I can just allowing it to come through and just taking note or recording, you know, a lot of times I'm just record long sessions and then go back. And, and, and I think as my technical ability and my, my, my way around a song have evolved, I've found myself getting luckier with things just kind of arriving more close to fully hatched. Um, because it's just like getting better at doing that, doing that dance of like, Oh, there's an energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the piano. Like it's a feeling it's really track. It's all an energy. Right. And so the more the channel is clear and the more, you know, what that feels like when an idea is tapping on your shoulder or inspiration yeah. wants to come and you, you have the sort of setup ready to go and you're, you know, or there's an instrument nearby and you press record on your phone and you're, yeah, you're, you're literally like, it's like, you know, I think Tom Petty used the analogy of like catching fish and it does kind of feel like, or for me, like it feels like <laughs> dream catching, you know, dream catching, like mm. you're, you've got your, your net and you're just that. like, yeah. So I know that wasn't super specific, um, but I think in general, that's the way it looks. And all the other thing I will say that I've, that, which is kind of a hack and, and it speaks to the origin of that song because that song was a gift for my beloved and we we agreed that we were going to give each other art for Christmas. And so I had a very limited amount of time. And so I've noticed that if I give myself, if I set a container mm -hmm. and there's a, there's a specific limitation of time and space and an intention, like it's for somebody. Yeah. Um, which I've really experienced a lot of because I've, I've most recently started offering these music medis, these little musical meditations that I create for people. Mm. And part of the offering is this is not a song. I'm not going to write a song. I'm going to like receive a transmission for you, a musical transmission, and I'm going to shape it so that it sounds, you know, good and you can listen to it. But like it's going to happen in a defined amount of time. And so giving myself that parameter and the container of, you know, two hours and this is for somebody. Yeah. That has really yielded an amplified, consistent, okay, boom. Like yeah. I can do that. Yeah. I can do that thing. And like the more I do it, the easier it gets. So gets, yeah. yeah, that would be another little little nugget yeah. on how, like you know, that. to how to um coax the muses, I guess you could say, or yeah. you know. <laughs> Just like make space. I call it like making room for magic, making room for miracles. You got to make room. You, you do. Space for it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I like that you 
couldn't fully define it in the way that at least that's what you thought. Yeah. I think it was very still well, well explained, but I don't think that 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 space can ever really be truly defined. And it's such a, again, a personal, a personal and unique experience. Totally. But there's one word that you used that really struck me. And that was the word, um, I don't remember if you said waiting for things to, but you used the word hatch. Yeah, I did and use that. I really love that word because for me that I really resonate with that. Thinking about an egg, for example, mm. it encompasses everything that you need for everything. It's all there. Mm. It's all present. All the nutrients, everything to grow into this creature when the egg breaks open. Wow. And so for me, that was really profound because it's it spoke to what it feels like for me, I suppose, which is it's all there already, just waiting to be plucked into existence. Mm. No, pluck. That's an interesting I, well, choice of I, I word, love, too. I love that there you, you go. Heat it on that because I don't think I've ever used that word to describe it before. Hatch. So beautiful. So, like, it's just like when you're just, you know, we're just, we're just in the flow. I'm not, none yes. of it's calculated, right? So it's like in the space of this particular conversation and in the space mm. of your listening, that came through and then you yes. took that. And, you know, that would also be a, a really beautiful metaphor for how, how collaboration Yes. would look like and how I like it to be. It's like, oh, that sounded really cool. Let's try that. You know, let's put yeah. that in there. And yeah. when two people agree, then you know it's good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I just love that. Yes. Yeah. So having all of those things and then, of course, nurturing it, which is maybe, as you said, having sometimes yeah. creating this container or a yeah. theme or whatever, or an offering for with someone particular in mind. And then there are all those other elements, which I think is which I think is amazing. Mm. Um Tell us about Golden, your latest <laughs> album. And before you do, I have to say I absolutely love the song. Mm, and your you. voice is absolutely golden, like honey much. on that track. Thank you so much. So beautiful. What would you like to know about Golden? Tell us anything about the process. Like how did how did that album get birthed? Because even looking at a lot of the titles I love, yeah. um, if I remember correctly, you can correct me if I'm wrong. There was one called Worthy, yes. one called Unleash. I mean, these yeah. are all such powerful words, right? Yeah. So what is that? How did that concept come about? There's some cool stories behind each of those songs. I'll, I guess I'll start with Golden because that was sort of the inception. And that was one of those ones that just kind of dropped out of the sky, almost mm. fully formed. Oh, nice. And it was after a period of time of not having made music. I had just put out an album, the Lion album. Mm. But so in the process of just getting that music out into the world, my writing and my like moment to moment creating was sort of my energy was really being used to steward that creation and put that out into the world. And it was also, you know, lockdown in Toronto. And we were really going through a dark few months of just being really cooped up. So there was a lot of that. It was sort of like a dark collective night and also a bit of a dark night for me, dark night of the soul that I was going through just a tough time of being with everything that was happening collectively and in my in my immediate physical experience. Yeah. And I yeah. found my way back to the keys and I've only written a handful of songs on piano at that point. I've written a few more since. And that song just came through and it and it felt like really it was it was something that I needed. It was the medicine I needed. And it was an interesting one where the, every time I would play it thereafter people would really remark that there was something mm -hmm. about that song that really spoke to them or that really moved them yes um so i just knew i had to record it and i wanted to make that happen sooner rather than later so 
I booked some time with my dear friend and collaborator and producer of the previous album line, Joby Baker, who has a, a studio in, in Victoria, BC, out west. And I booked the time months in advance. And that song was sort of the, the initial spark. Mm. And in the months leading up to that, there was questions about whether or not we were even going to be able to meet just because there was still a lot of health concerns with, you know, different, you know, they were, the studio wasn't necessarily fully operational at the time. They weren't really having people come through. I was also going through a personal health challenge, something that arose in, in, in my journey that really sent me into this deeper inquiry of where I've not been fully expressing and using my voice. So getting mm -hmm. a little bit of the medicine that I am here to offer into the world mm -hmm. in my own personal way. And somehow within all of that, I just, I felt like that was going to be the thing that, that I really needed to do for myself, go and have that experience of being immersed in the creative process at Joby's, you know, really beautiful studio and, and on the land there. It's a really healing space where it's kind of like creative retreat, essentially. Mm. And so I didn't know what songs I was, I didn't really like, there was definitely a process of like figuring out or tuning into what is the sound of this record going to be? Cause we're not going to, you know, are we going to just pick up where we left off with the line album, which had a really strong reggae infusion and really honoring of that influence in my music making. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, I didn't have a lot of the songs written. I had a few and, so I, I, the songs came from a lot of different places. Worthy, which you mentioned, actually was a music medi that I made for somebody else that we turned into a song. Oh, nice. So the music medi sounded quite different than the, than the album version, but the lyrics really spoke to me. And, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of times I'd be creating these for people and then I would get so much out of the, the affirmations and the words. Yes. Um, the song Unleash was a collaboration in the studio with Joby. We wrote a few songs together while I was there. And a lot of that was just connected to this liberation of my own voice and these energies and ways of being that I'd stifled myself in myself and, and sort of hidden and or, you know, contorted to fit a particular image of how I think I'm supposed to show up in my upbringing and <laughs> my culture. So it was a really raw and vulnerable like creative release for me of bringing a Beautiful. lot of the energies of what was really present in my life in my journey leading up to that moment so much so that when we finished making the record i listened to it and i was very uncomfortable like <laughs> i was i just felt so exposed and I, I remember joby saying it's really easy singing a mantra you know, well, you, you've gone and done something really, really brave. And I think people are going to be, you know, are going to resonate deeper because of it. But it's, mm -hmm. it's natural that you would feel that way. And you need to know that like your, what you got out of these songs was in the making of them. But then once you've made them, maybe they're not for you anymore, you know, and you got to just let them go and yeah. let them find whoever it is that they're meant for. And so yeah. That was really powerful for me to just That's so beautiful. Yeah, take the space to have that experience and express what needed to and then really come face to face with that expression and and come to terms mm. with it and love and accept it and then be willing to let it go. Yes. Um in a way. So Yeah. Yeah. So many beautiful things in that and I and I love that. Thank you. I mean, for me that is 
that is where the magic is you know that authentic expression and the cathartic yeah. way that music can affect us and the fact that you are i often see this that the things that we either teach or share yeah. are a reflection of something in inner you know in our in our in inward looking and and i no notice how many times i teach whether it's in a coaching um transformational coaching space or sound healing space and words come out of my mouth and i'm like oh that was for me okay yeah, right. thank you for that yes. i really appreciate it and totally. it lands and so on so your album was very much this beautiful medicine for you mm. and i love that you well went into this vulnerable place because we all need to be seen mm. and heard and expressed in whatever way shape or form first and foremost by our you know by yes. ourselves absolutely um, and so that's such a beautiful witness self-witnessing that that i think it's such a great story so i'm so glad that i asked yeah thank you i love the way you put that and that definitely is what it was for me and i think that is the evolution of you know putting ourselves out there in a way uh, it, it can it can then have that greater impact because we're actually taking a risk and saying something that is yeah. going to allow a part of ourselves to be heard and seen. And then that can potentially create that permission for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just say that I see you. Oh, thank and you. You are beautiful. <laughs> thank you very much. I feel I feel seen and loved. So Good. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure just uh, conversing yes. and and vibing with you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And where can people find you, Chris? Um, my music is on all the places. If you can get the spelling of my last name right, which I'll, I'm sure you'll make available to people. Of course. Uh, the music is on all the streaming platforms. You can also Amazing. get it direct via my website if you want to download it and support. Uh, that's available by donation. And yeah, chrisasad.com. You can learn more about voice alchemy as well. Yes. And also I have an online program called Follow Your Art, which is a music medicine journey mm -hmm. through the creative process, uh, which which the, the album Lion is a big part of the content of that uh, offering. And yeah, that it's all amazing. sort of interwoven in, in, in the intention of just supporting people and using their voice, sharing their medicine, sharing their gifts with the world. So oh. wonderful. And of course, I will be having all those links available for everyone no to, to grab everything. But I just want to say first and foremost, thank you so much for joining. I love these conversations and being able to celebrate kindred spirits and mm. people doing the work that is so needed in the world and what you're doing, helping people to return to that connection with wholeness. <sighs> and the oneness with all that <laughs> is, I just am so grateful. And my final question that I ask all mm. of my guests, and that is what is your soulful sound to the world? A self prayer or desire that mm. you wish upon the world? For our hearts to be open and our creative channels to be clear so that divine love and that essence can flow through freely and make itself manifest in the world. That is my prayer and that is what I strive for in my life and that is what I'm here to support in those that I meet and come into contact with and that is the essential intention of my, of my offerings and my creations. Open hearts and clear creative channels. Yes. I love that. 
goosebumps everywhere. Mm, I got song. many goosebumps thank hearing you talk you. too. Oh, thank you so much for the love, for the sharing. And thanks pleasure. again for being on the podcast. I'm sure Absolute we'll speak again pleasure. soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, healing, and sound wherever you are.